The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we began to see yesterday, there are some similarities between the trumpet of the Jubilee year and the gospel message. The Jubilee year was the year that all captives were freed and the trumpet proclaimed that liberty. The gospel trumpet today declares liberty to all those who have been in bondage to sin. And as such, we ought to blow it with zeal and fervor. Join us today for the conclusion of this message on the trumpet of the Jubilee. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. Sweet to rejoice in my
Now, I realize that, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, we're freed from the bondage of sin through Christ, okay? But in that sense, yes, we're free. But there's a sense in which we're always under bondage to our sin-cursed nature because it's just always there. Even if you're not under, even if you're not letting it reach the ascendancy, it's still there trying. It, it, you, you think, you talk about an adversary. Our adversary, the devil, is out there, but our most constant and loyal adversary is that human nature inside of us because it's constantly trying to push us. It's pushing us towards sin. It's pulling us away from the kingdom. It's pulling us away from Bible study. You know, when I quit studying for a while and I've gone through the seasons even as a pastor where I had, you know, I might be busy and I'd get away from regular Bible study. You know what my human nature tells me when I get ready to open the book? I say, don't do that. You're too busy. How many times I go up to my room, I go up to my, uh, my study up there and I'll sit down and of course y'all who've been there know it's kind of a mess. I mean, I, I confess, I'm not a, my wife's probably on, she's on here on Zoom. She's probably saying, amen, you know, it's a mess. So, so, but, but when I go up there and I need to read and study the word, I'll sit down at my desk and when I start, I'll read two, two sentences in the scripture and then I'll look around and say, wait a minute, I need to clean up. I need, yeah, I need to start cleaning up. And next thing you know, I've spent 30 minutes cleaning up and no time studying the word. I've tried to justify my uncleanliness that way brother buddy it doesn't work so well, i've got to study but i should be cleaning things up but i must be studying the word i'm in bondage still in that struggle i've used this before but elder armand rich used to say that the human nature is like a spring you put your foot on it and you can keep it down the minute you take your foot off it'll pop right back up where it was and that's the way it is in my life that's what paul's saying here he's saying if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it's good. I know the law is telling me right, in other words. He said, now that it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He said, that real portion of me, that new creation, is not a sinner. John tells us that in 1 John. He says that uh, there's a part of us that never commits sin. Do you know that's in, that's in you and me? There's a part of us that never commits sin. But oh, there's another part that always commits sin. He said, so that real part of me is not me, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And he demonstrates it by saying, for to will is present with me. Do you find that to be the case? You want to do right? But how to perform that which is good, I find not. And he goes on to bemoan his estate. We're in bondage. We're in bond the creation is in bondage to the curse of sin, but we are in bondage to sin. But you know what the Jubilee does? The Jubilee declares liberty. But it only declares liberty to those that are in bondage. Did you know there are those in the world who do not know they're in bondage? There are those in the world who are not interested in the things of God. There are those, we read, we read about that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Very familiar passage, but I'm going to turn there and read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14, well, let's go back. Verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You know, an old carnal man is not interested in those things. Those things don't even enter into his heart or his mind. 
And I know the religious world tells us that that's what we've got to do in order to get them to make the right decision in order to get born again. But if it doesn't even enter their mind, it doesn't even enter their heart, and they don't see it, Jesus said that in order to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. He said, but God, verse 10, hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. When you find someone struggling like Paul was struggling, saying, I want to do right, but I can't seem to get it right. I keep trying to do the right thing, and if I do the wrong thing, when I do the wrong thing, I hate it, but I keep doing it. This is a man who is spiritual. This is a man who is under bondage, you see. The man that's not under bondage, is a, the man rather that doesn't have the Spirit of God is not concerned with these things. He said, now we have received, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, we children of God, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice he's saying he, there's no place here for the flesh to compare with the Spirit, right? And verse 14 sums it all up. And we use this so often that I'm sure you can quote it. But the natural man, that's the man who has been born only in nature, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. What he's saying here is just this. He's saying there's a lot of people out there that don't have a burden. They're not burdened by sin. They're not struggling with that. They're not downcast. They're not convicted or under conviction, as some would say. They're just happy as they can be among the things of this world. See, that's what Jesus was talking about over in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sounds to me like there's some people that are laboring. Sounds to me like there's some people with a burden. Sounds to me like there's some people that know they're in bondage, that feel the weight of that bondage. Those people are the ones that need to come to Jesus. They're the ones like over in Romans chapter 10 that had a zeal of God, but they did not have the knowledge they needed. They were going about to establish their own righteousness. What a burden that would be. We're told in Acts 15, when they were struggling with that, the Jews, those Judaizing missionaries were saying to them over there, they said, well, it's not enough that you're a believer now, that you've been given faith through the new birth. You also have to keep the law, be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. And Peter stood up and said, why place you a burden on the neck of the disciples that neither we nor our fathers were able to bear? That's a burden we, do, we cannot bear. That's a burden you and I cannot bear. The burden of getting ourselves to heaven, the burden of anything added to the finished work of Christ is a burden you can't bear. You know what you need to do when you're feeling that burden? When you're burden you know, I, do you sense yourself as a sinner like I do? Do you just feel that sometimes? Does it just come all over you? You know, sometimes I look at my wife, and I've said this to her recently. I, you know, I think about what a sinner I am and all the selfish things I do, all the problems that I've caused in different areas and, and, the, and the, 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 just the idiosyncrasies that I have. And I look at her sometimes, and I think, how in the world do you love me? How is it possible that you could care for me enough to stay with me nearly 32 years now? But listen, think about you and God. 
Think about you and God. Think about all the things you do to disappoint God. There's, there's many things I do to disappoint my wife. There's a lot of things I think that I never tell her. Because <laughs> I don't want to disappoint her. I don't want to hurt her. I, I'm, I, there's things that if she knew, she would probably would leave me. <laughs> there's things if I knew about you that I'd probably run out the back door too. But there's things that if you knew about me, you'd never listen to me preach again. But God knows all those things. He knows every single one of them. And there's no way I could bear that burden before the throne of grace and say, okay, God, here I am. Let me show you what I've done. If that was what I was doing, I'd be bowing my head in shame and running from his presence and say, God, I don't deserve to be here. See, I feel that bondage. Do you feel it? I feel it from time to time. But Jesus said, when you're feeling that, he said, if you're laboring and heavy laden, you come to me and I'll give you rest. Now that's not an Armenian uh, invitation. That's a, that's a true gospel invitation. See, because the one who's laboring, the one who's heavy laden already has the new birth. He's already been quickened and made alive because otherwise he wouldn't feel the burden. And Jesus said, those of you that have been quickened and made alive and now feel yourselves to be sinners, you're burdened down, you're laboring in this world, you come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You know, sometimes my body needs to rest. But I like this phrase right here. Rest unto your souls. You know, my soul needs rest. My soul is burdened down under the bondage of sin. My soul is struggling with the curse of sin on this world when I see the tragedies and troubles of this life, the sicknesses, the deaths that we've talked about even here tonight. My soul is burdened. My soul is weary. My soul needs rest, but there is rest unto my soul here with Christ. And you know what tells me about that rest? The gospel trumpet. The gospel trumpet. See, these folks back in that day were under some form of literal bondage. And the trumpet of the Jubilee declared a freedom that began in the day of that Jubilee year. In that first day of that 50th year, they were free. And the, and the Jubilee trumpet told them about it. Now, I want you to notice one last thing as we bring this to a close. The trumpet that declared liberty in the day of, in the year of Jubilee, only declared a liberty that already existed. I've already said that earlier. The trumpet did not bring the liberty. The liberty began, the freedom began on the day that the Jubilee year began. That, that day, at that moment, they were free. The trumpet didn't make them free, but the trumpet declared them to be free. See, the Jubilee had already come, and the trumpet simply proclaimed it throughout the land. Beloved, our gospel trumpet does not bring the freedom and the liberty in Christ. 
but it declares it, you see. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, we read about what the purpose of the gospel is. The purpose of the gospel is not to quicken one and make him alive. The purpose of the gospel is not to bring the atonement. Remember that liberty, uh, that uh, trumpet of the jubilee was blown in the day of atonement of that beginning of that year. But notice what the gospel trumpet does in chapter uh, 1 of 2 Timothy in verse 9. Talking of God, it says, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That sounds to me like the transaction has been completed. That sounds to me like the transaction is over, that something has already been done for us, that we're already been made free. But notice in verse 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this world and finished that transaction, who hath abolished death. Not going to when you accept him or pray to him, but he hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, that's what the gospel message does. The gospel message doesn't bring life and immortality, but it brings it to light. Much like that trumpet of the Jubilee. You see, the gospel message is that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. And we now know because we look back on Calvary that he did it. He did it. See, that's what he's talking about over in the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter. In the ninth chapter of Hebrews, he says in verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often. So many people think he's constantly having to be re-offered in a sense. As the high priest entered into the holy place every year, with blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. Notice that Christ, the Christ's death on the cross was a one-time transaction. Because he says, Now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Notice he says, he goes right to the heart of the matter. What's the thing we fear the most? What's the thing we hate the most? We hate death. But it's appointed unto me, and every single man is going to die if the Lord doesn't tarry. I mean, if the Lord uh, tarries and doesn't return. He said, it's appointed unto me and wants to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now I want to, as we bring this to a close, I want to point out this to you. What he's talking about right here is indeed our jubilee. Notice what he says, verse 28. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That's happened already. And that's a, that's a done deal. It's a one-time completed transaction. He put away the sins of his people. But that's not all there is to it. You notice we're still here in this sin-cursed world. We're still here in this time world. We're struggling. I don't know about you. I haven't felt good every day this week. There'll be days this next week that I'm worried about that I'm, I'm going to be away from home some and I'm sure I won't feel good. You may be feeling bad right now. You may be struggling with something mentally or emotionally right now. But notice, even though that still afflicts us, death still afflicts us, he says, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And that brings us to our jubilee. You know what our jubilee is? Now, in a sense, it's the finished work of Christ that we already experienced through the new birth. 
But you know what's going to ultimately free us? You know when, you know when we're going to experience the full liberty of our calling? The full liberty of our redemption? It's on that day when that last trump sounds and the Lord comes back and he takes us home to be with him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he starts off that chapter. He says, I declare unto you the gospel. He's blowing the gospel trumpet. He's telling us about uh, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day. And then he keeps talking about how many of those people in that day saw him and, and the proofs of his resurrection. But he goes on to say, now you're missing one of the most important points of this message. They're preaching that there was no resurrection. They're preaching that nobody would be resurrected. Therefore, Christ could not have been resurrected he's saying the best part of this whole deal is what's yet to come you know praise God for what he's done in the past but I'm still living in this cursed world this sin cursed world I'm still struggling through this world but one day my struggles will end I'm still sold under sin I'm still struggling through the bondage of this world but he says one day he says in verse 51 I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption this mortal must put on immortality and when this corruptible shall put on incorruption this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ you know what he's telling us here? He's saying, you need to blow that trumpet now. <laughs> because it's one day the final trumpet is going to sound. And that trumpet is going to be the time when he rolls up this world like a scroll. And he dissolves it with fervent heat. And all the wrongs will be righted. All the injustices will be made right. And we will be taken home to be with him. You see, that's the trumpet of the gospel message that we have today. To declare the jubilee that's coming. Now I want to I leave you with this thought. You think about that young man that I told you about. The 20 year old, 21 year old. Who had to sell himself into bondage. In the first or second year of that 49 year period. Leading up to the 50th year of the jubilee. He gets married. He has a family. They're all in bondage. He's enslaved to somebody else. As time goes on and he, he, grow, he turns 30, he turns 40, he turns 60, and the Jubilee year is approaching. And I don't know exactly how it worked. I don't know who exactly blew the horn, but let's just say for the purposes of our thoughts that the high priest comes to him and says, Hey, brother, we got the Jubilee year coming. It's coming up. On thus and such date, and I want you to blow the trumpet. I want you to blow the trumpet in our area that declares that the Jubilee has begun. And, and by the way, that's the day that you will go out free, that your children will go out free, that your grandchildren will go out free, that the possessions will be restored, and that you will come back into the liberty that, Christ, that God intended for you to have. And here's the trumpet, and I want you to blow it. Do you think that 
70-year-old man, 65-year-old man, however old he is, that's been in bondage all of his life, is going to say, you know, I'm too busy right now. I'm just too busy. I appreciate you asking, but I've just got too much else I want. I need to go do some of this, these recreational things that I want to do. I'm too distracted by my job. I'm too distracted by my social obligations. I don't think he's going to do that, Brother Mackey. I think he's going to say, give me that trumpet. Give me that trumpet and let me blow it. I'm going to blow it with all of my heart. I'm going to blow it with every breath I have within me. Can I blow it long and can I keep blowing it throughout the year? You see, that's where we are, beloved. We have the gospel trumpet that declares a liberty that's even greater than the liberty that the Jubilee trumpet declared. We have the gospel trumpet that tells us that Christ has died for every single one of his children, has put away their sins, and he is coming again. And one day all the troubles will be over. I think, like that man, we ought to be willing and we ought to be wanting to blow that gospel trumpet as long and as hard as we can. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.